What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Rap Show. I'm your host, Adam Rap, and of course, that's Rap with two Ps, because two Ps are better than one. You can follow me on Instagram where you're watching The Rap Show live each and every day, Monday through Thursday, from the media block, at The Rap himself with those same two Ps. We appreciate you tuning in. It's our second week live from the media block. And what is the media block, you may ask? Well, it is your one-stop shop for everything video production, podcasting, beats, virtual reality when it comes to media right here at your fingertips in Houston, Texas, where we broadcast the rap show. And they have unmatched customer service, quality, and the best price in the media production market. Plus, coming soon, the all-new MediaBlock app where you can see and hear all the great content coming out of your city right here on the third coast. Yes, and once again, we are the best in sports, sounds, sanity, and style. So if you want to see it all in one place, you can pop in here to the MediaBlock at 6023 South Loop East, or you can contact them via email booking at themediablock.com booking at themediablock.com for your next creative venture and watch it come to life right here in front of your eyes and speaking of coming to life right in front of your eyes the NFL sure brought things to life and brought the best of the best to the forefront this past weekend and we have one game to go tonight which really doesn't do much as far as that playoff positioning goes but we're going to jump right into nfl nuggets if you guys want to get connected to the show as i mentioned you can jump on that ig live at the rap himself or send me an email the rap show at gmail.com the rap show at gmail.com cowboys oh man canine washington must be tuning in We'll start with your Cowboys then, as they got their shit together in the NFC East playoff race, and it was against the reigning Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in prime time right there on Sunday Night Football. And what do you know? Dak Prescott looked like a Pro Bowl quarterback. Ezekiel Elliott looked like an all-world running back. They got Amari Cooper, their new addition to the offense, wide receiver from Oakland that uh, John Gruden basically gifted Jerry Jones and the Cowboys for just an extra weapon and and an extra guy that Dak can look to to make big plays down the field. So the Cowboys were going into the game three and five. And, you know, here in Texas, the Texans are still trying to find their place in the football landscape of what everybody knows is one of the – powerhouses when it comes to football from peewee all the way through the pros so the cowboys in prime time had a lot to prove and not only within the division where the reigning super bowl champs as i mentioned the philadelphia eagles are struggling at four and five themselves now uh dallas needed to really make a statement and jason garrett who is the coach for the cowboys as you all well know still the coach of the Cowboys, and not on the couch, I should say yet. He 
actually dug a little deeper into the playbook and really made some things that you hadn't seen from the Cowboys happen. You know, just making Ezekiel Elliott the, the center of the offense this year seemed to be missing. I know a lot of fantasy owners, and big shout-out to my man Blake Pan, who joined us last Thursday and will join us each and every Thursday in Fantasyland to talk next-gen stats and concrete content. He was saying, uh, you know, really, (laughs) the only way that you can establish an offense and establish a, a, a power running back in fantasy football is to make him the center of the offense. And Ezekiel Elliott had been missing. And once Ezekiel Elliott got the running game, or or the Cowboys got the running game going, and Ezekiel Elliott really, really started to show signs of why they drafted him in the first round a couple years ago and why they stuck, stuck with him through all the controversy throughout his first couple seasons, was it because it opens up the field for Dak. And the offensive line had struggled this year. The... Offensive line was ranked probably number one, number two in the league the last few years. And that was why they were picked as a a contender and not only a contender in the NFC, but, you know, somebody who they should have kept progressing, uh, especially with the signs that Dak showed early as a rookie quarterback into his second year and seemed to have struggled a little bit this year. Then again, they got rid of Des Bryant. And until they brought in Amari Cooper last week, you could you could see it. They they had no option down the field. They they really no Jason Witten. They really had rebuilt the offense on the fly, and there was some mystery whether or not Jason Garrett was the prime suspect of why they had struggled to open the season. And there was a lot of chatter. Would this finally be the year where Jerry Jones loses his cool and gets rid of his puppet? Well, he saved his job for another week at least, and it puts Dallas in the driver's seat right now as far as the uh, the NFC. And, and the NFC East is terrible. I mean, look at the Giants who play tonight uh, in that stinker of a Monday night game. You know, Hopefully OBJ is right, and the Giants win eight in a row, so they at least make it interesting. I don't see that happening. They might lose to this rookie quarterback tonight in San Francisco. But the Cowboys, it was a make-or-break game, and you hate to say that, you know, nine games, you know, basically one week past the halfway point in the NFL season, but it it really was because of the frustration you had seen with the fan base, with the the ownership, and, you know, with with the coaching staff themselves, I think, without all the tools that they needed. So they got their act together. They got Amari Cooper involved. And the Cowboys came out tied for first place. Uh, I'm sorry, in in second place behind Washington. I'm pulling up the standings right now. I believe Washington is, after losing yesterday, six and three. Yes. Yeah, they are six and three. So the Cowboys are virtually a game and a half behind. And they're three and one at home, one and four on the road. So they're going to have to make up some ground to catch Washington. And Washington, I mean, they beat Tampa yesterday. Fitzmagic showed up again, but nobody else in Tampa showed up. And the Redskins are sneaky, sneaky 6-3. and three. I don't think that their record reflects the talent or the altogetherness of that team yet. But 
hey, the, the Cowboys have to continue the performance they put on last night, play decent defense. You know, aside from uh, uh, Zach, uh, Zach, Zach, yeah, first name is Zach. I was thinking Jason Witten for the Cowboys, but uh, uh, Zach Ertz for the Philadelphia team put up a huge night for fantasy owners. And yes, I own him. I should know his name. Uh, he put up uh, quite a night. But other than that, you know, Philly is, is really hasn't exploded as they did out the gate with Carson Wentz, their quarterback, when, uh, when, when you know, nobody expected him to play it like an MVP last year. And he, he ended up getting hurt. What happens? Nick Foles comes in and is, is a great, I guess, game manager, is a great Band-Aid for that team last year and doesn't make any big mistakes in the Super Bowl to allow them to win it. So it's going to be an interesting race, to say the least. If the Giants win tonight, they're still 2-7. and seven. I mean, they're not even sniffing the playoffs. It's really a pride thing, I think, for the talent that some people had them as a dark horse to come out of this division with uh, these other teams beating up on each other. So, yes, as it stands now, Redskins 6-3, and three, Cowboys and Eagles 4-5, and five, and the Giants 1-7. And, and we'll see what happens to them tonight. Now, a 6-3 and three team that I think really, their, their record reflects the performance and the altogetherness, I guess, of their, their strength this year is the Chicago Bears because they've got an all-world defense, and that is with the addition of Khalil Mack. If we're going to talk about the Cowboys adding, are we going to go down the list and every team in the NFL has added a Raider this year, a Raiders pro bowler? Well, I guess the Raiders never had that many pro bowlers to go around, but Khalil Mack famously now was traded preseason right before the start of the regular season by Gruden, and that started the head-scratching there in Oakland. Are they really tearing this thing down to rebuild for Las Vegas when they end up there in a couple years? Uh, and what happened was in the first three weeks, as you saw these moves unfold, it was apparent that, that that's exactly what the Raiders are going to do. So there's no expectation. There's no rush. There's no, we've got some people checking in. What up, my man, Luis Salazar? Let me pull this a little closer so I can see everybody. Go Giants. Shout out to Nana Rap. She just tuned in on a Monday. She ain't got nothing better to do. She's retired finally congratulations to my mom for an incredible career as a teacher touched so many people's lives and made such an impact on mine and still to this day there's students that have kids and grandkids now of their own who my mom either crossed paths with or or taught and i just want to send a big shout out i think everybody should shout out their moms their dads their parents or those people that made a big impact in their life so just wanted to do that real quick. Let me shout out my man, Luis Salazar. Let me shout out my man, Major. Hey, what up? Congrats, Mama Rap. Yes, what up? I love it. Love it. So, anyway, back to the Bears. They're 6-3. and three. They got Khalil Mack. Now, Khalil Mack's been hurt the last couple weeks, but he made an immediate impact on the defense that was already top five, I believe, last year. Top ten, for sure, in the NFL. Well, they also had the young rookie quarterback who was surprisingly taken number one by the Bears a couple years ago. Uh, 
And it was a name that nobody really had had heard. It wasn't a Heisman candidate, but it was somebody who seemed, you know, to run the uh, RPO, the run pass option to a T. And that's really what you need in today's NFL. You got to have a guy. If if you're not if your name's not Tom Brady, where you can just stand in the pocket or Derek Carr and get crushed, uh, then you know you've got to be able to run an option. You got to be able to move your feet. And I think what the Bears did was they 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 got the they stacked up the defense that way when they got the quarterback and didn't have to pay him like a star quarterback, they could put their money into the solid foundation of hopefully getting a game manager out of the situation. And shout out to Lane Losey. What up, man? And Trubisky, you know, he took some of the rookie bumps and bruises. He, he wasn't terrible. He had a couple of really, really good games. I'd say one breakout game. And then this year, he's done that more often. He's he showed signs of improvement. He showed signs of being able to manage the game when the defense makes big plays. And the defense has to score, I think, for them to dominate. And they've done that pretty much every week. So they've got a, a great blend of that total all-around talent on their roster. And they've also got, you know, this, this division, three out of the four teams, I would say, just like the AFC North, it's up for grabs on on who could win the division, who could come out of this division. Two or three teams, I think, preseason we were discussing, could come out of this division as a, a real contender in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. But the Minnesota Vikings, I think the Packers are just hanging on for dear life just to save the reputation and save the name of the Packers franchise as their MVP caliber quarterback and all-world heart guy as far as getting back on the field and wanting to be out there for his team, Aaron Rodgers, their quarterback. They're 4-4. Four and four. They really didn't razzle-dazzle against a Miami team that's fading fast in the AFC East. And Minnesota's going to be pushing Chicago all season long because they also have the... Minnesota was another defense. You had two strong overall defenses coming out of this division which is, is common for the, the Northern Divisions. You've always got a very, very legendary or iconic defense uh, that you can go back in NFL history and see that, that a lot of it was built on the legend of playing in the cold and being tough, the Dip Buckus style guys and Bart Starr in Green Bay. The, these guys were tough uh, beyond belief and the way they played the game. I mean, the way they would smash each other, the way that the, the the game has evolved now into more of a finesse game and and obviously less tackling, less hitting the quarterback, less smash them up football. But it's, uh, it, you know, the scoring makes it exciting and fantasy football, I think, has really supplemented some of people's disappointment for the way the game's changed for the excitement of of looking at it in, in a different perspective and, and making it exciting again just because you're not concussing people on a regular basis. Now, there's still, you know, major hits and, and big injuries in football. That's just, it's a rough sport. But this division has always been known as one of the roughest. So I think it's going to be Minnesota and Chicago head and head down to the end of the wire. And you'll see Green Bay probably finish 7-9, and 6-10 and 10 possibly just with the rest of their uh, schedule coming up. Uh, now, my pick for the uh, 
for the NFC when we did our preseason picks on the Almighty Rap Show. Big shout out to my man, Almighty Dalla. But uh, we we were surprised and and I wouldn't say shocked, but we were definitely seeing the rise of the Los Angeles Rams. And before I get into the Rams, since they're just miles away from the devastating fires that are happening right now and seeing it touch people that I know and friends of mine like Nikki Diamonds. And I'm not talking about him setting Melrose on fire for the release of the Diamond Dunks. No, I'm talking about the fires there in California that are raging towards Malibu through uh, the Thousand Oaks area. And then of course you have the, the shooting in Thousand Oaks, which is sadly becoming a weekly occurrence where we need to stop and observe victims from mass shootings. And that's a whole nother ball game when it comes to sports talk radio. I'm not getting into that, but you had a lot of people affected. You had a lot of the Rams organization who now have to prepare to go to Mexico City to play my pick out of the AFC, which I'll tell you who that is in a minute if you haven't listened to the Almighty Rap Show. But you are listening to the one and only Rap Show right here. I'm your host, Adam Rap. Appreciate you guys checking in. We are off and running for a Monday, getting you all caught up on what's going on in the NFL. We will get into some NBA full court rap later on. And we might be saying bye bye to a maybe future Hall of Famer, but a guy that. <laughs> We gave you a, a preseason forewarning. Don't put your eggs and don't put any eggs into this player's basket as far as making this Rockets team better. So we'll get into that uh, probably towards the end of the show. I definitely want to touch on the Jimmy Butler trade as well. And as I mentioned, uh, the the fires really started to affect some of the players, some of the uh, team uh, the employees in the organization the la rams organization and they still had a game to play i understand you know a lot of times the diversion taking our focus away from the everyday bs of life you know that we all have to go through it to me it was a a way for these people to continue to support a a winning product but you know the the taking your mind off of what the heck's going on because you had to evacuate. The people in that area were told to evacuate and apparently the traffic was just a nightmare trying to get, I mean, it's bad enough in LA. Can you imagine 200 and something thousand people trying to get out of one certain area on a two lane highway, PCH? It's, it's tough. So just thoughts and prayers go out to everybody that's dealing with that, even if, if they're not affected directly by the fire. My friend, uh, as I mentioned, Nikki Diamonds, his house was out towards that area. So it was, you know, scary to say the least to see on his Instagram story that there was warnings on all the highway signs and, and you could see the smoke really starting to fill up the atmosphere there in L.A. And apparently you could smell it and they were canceling other youth sporting events all weekend long because of the the air conditions. So just wow. If it's not earthquakes, it's fires. If it's not fires, it's floods. I mean, what, what's going on? You know, it's global warming. Come on. It's not a political show, but let's do something about that, please. So the Rams, they did go to 9-1. and one. They, they, I wouldn't say they struggled, but they've had some issues on defense. Some of the, the, the big key names that they added themselves, like Marcus Peters, 
has been getting torched. And damn, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> has been getting burned. Damn, shouldn't say that either. Uh, he's been getting beat as a as a cornerback who everybody thought, oh my gosh, this is this is incredible. How are they signing? In addition to Aaron Donald, uh, who's their all-world number one defensive lineman in the NFL. But they added Sue. Uh, you know, they uh, Indomitian Sue as a as a, you know basically just a presence there on the line. He's still a good player. He's not the dominant player that he was. But then they add Peters, and they add um, they just got the kid from New England who who was a top draft pick for New England a couple years ago. Uh, he had a huge play, a strip sack, and it just hadn't all come together for the Rams, especially when everybody knows that their their offense is is just amazing. You know, greatest show on turf 2.0. But something about that defense is just, it's not clicking yet. And, and you know, Wade Smith, notoriously Wade Smith, by the third year when he is the defensive coordinator for a team, for some reason his teams start to fall off and, and you know, they start to unravel statistically. And I, I don't want to say that a year and a half is half of three, but, hey, you're halfway into this, this reign of, of Wade Phillips' defense. So... I'm curious to see if they start to put it together. Now they pulled out the win, and, you know, Goff looks awesome. Their wide receivers, Robert Woods, is such a weapon. You've still got Todd Gurley. Doing things as as any other year would be recognized as an MVP, but he's been so good, so consistently, that I think people overlook him. You know, Drew Brees is definitely in the mix for MVP. I would say Pat Mahomes from my AFC pick. Yeah, I just spoiled it. I picked the Chiefs and the Rams to play in the Super Bowl. And ironically, as I mentioned, they're going to Mexico City. And uh, in, in next week, for week 11, and they're going to uh, go to Colorado Springs, the Rams are, to not only get away from the the craziness with all the fires going on and everything that's happened in California over the weekend, they're going to go to Colorado Springs for the altitude adjustment and to practice in the conditions. Because if you know anything, notoriously, Mexico City not only has rabid fans when it comes to soccer, but a lot of times their air quality is on par with California, and there's almost a haze that hangs over their stadiums when you see live sporting events. But the altitude is is even higher than Colorado, and you, you've hear, heard stories over the years in basketball or in football that guys get gassed, guys that aren't used to playing in the high altitude, get winded really fast, have to get oxygen. So uh, Sean McVay and the Rams are going to go to Colorado Springs and try to get in it. You don't want to go to Mexico City a week early. No, 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 no. So I think going to Colorado Springs is the closest thing and I guess they had requested to play in Denver the previous week. Of course, the NFL wasn't listening to what the people had to say. So instead of uh, playing the game, they are actually going to go practice and have a you know some time away and, and get away from all the distractions, the crazy things. So I just wanted to shout out the Rams and their vast improvement. It's amazing. You get rid of Jeff Fisher. All of a sudden, that quarterback, that rookie quarterback, Jared Goff, a couple years ago, it felt unbridled, I think. It's like when you take the reins off a horse, a, a young stallion, and watch him run. 
it's it's incredible. It, it what they've done, it, it you know, record setting is is on pace to over the next three or four years be one of the greatest offensive teams or units in NFL history. So we'll see. You know, it it, it would be a great matchup. It would be a high scoring matchup. I can tell you that right now. Well, Seattle. They're also in that division, and we got the 49ers who are playing against the Giants tonight. And it was really cool to see, you know, after the Jimmy Garoppolo debacle, you know, getting him as their savior, as the next Joe Montana, the next Steve Young. He didn't last but four or five games this year. And, you know, San Francisco, who knows if they'll ever get back to being royalty in the NFL. It, it's going to be hard for them if they can't get you know t- young talented guys to stay healthy and not get hurt and their their plan with with Shanahan who Houston Texans fans know well and son of Mike Shanahan legendary NFL coach he's a great coordinator he's a great offensive mind but he's got to have those pieces in place in order and and get some consistency in order to continue to rebuild like Seattle did. I mean, Seattle had really fallen off the NFL map as far as a a win year in year out franchise or a winning known as a winning franchise. They were kind of just that team. Oh yeah. That team with cool helmets. But you know, once they got Russell Wilson, they pieced together that Legion of boom defense and similar to the bears, you know, really kind of just, just skyrocketed. And of course, Pete Carroll is not a bad coach to have when you're rebuilding a franchise with young guys being a college coach previously to that. But I, I you know, a lot of these teams in the NFL, they they can't get their draft picks to work out for them or even stay on the field. And you've seen Sam Darnold in the AFC, and we're gonna take a break here in a second and we'll get into the AFC and talk about those Texans. They didn't lose this week. How awesome is that? Well, they didn't play. They were on their bye week this week. But they are still riding that six-game winning streak. And I'm uh, I'm pretty excited because I like Deshaun Watson. I like uh, Bill O'Brien, whereas a lot of people – Now, I don't, I'm not saying he's the perfect coach. I'm not saying he makes great decisions. Uh, he might not be the best play, in-play, in-game decision-making coach. But I like the way he handles the team. I like his demeanor. You know, he's tough, but he's still got – kind of that wise ass smart ass sense of humor every once in a while that he'll break out and I, you know I think he's a he's a leader of men you you can tell he he definitely absorbed that from Belichick and the Belichick coaching tree and being in the Penn State you know the cleanup I guess after the Penn State scandal he was the uh, coach that was hired and had some success in the midst of all the stress and chaos of of what happened there on campus so we'll see. But, yeah, we will talk AFC in a few minutes. I think New Orleans Saints are going to be the biggest challenge to the Rams, and especially the way that they spread the ball around where they have goal line plays and they run two-point options with their backup quarterback, who's a guy that you can tell has a chip on their shoulder and something to prove. They've got Michael Thomas, who is starting to heat up and – Man, when you bust out the flip phone, Joe Horn style, and and you, and you get on it like that, you're not even sending out a text. You're sending that flip call. 
then you know things are rolling there. Sean Payton apparently pulled the fire alarm or, or caused a fire for the fire alarm to go off to get these guys, you know, get them going so they didn't have a letdown, a trap game. And, man, speaking of getting them rolling, Drew Brees, just the ageless wonder. As much as Tom Brady looked his age yesterday against the Tennessee Titans, Drew Brees is, is found the fountain of youth. That or he's drinking a lot of those Bourbon Street daiquiris. He's he, he's amazing. It's not like he's a physical specimen either. He's six, you know, six foot, maybe. Most of these other guys are six five, six six. Ah, this one goes out to Drew Brees. New Orleans Saints are eight and one, ladies and gentlemen, and their defense has been solid. I believe they're a top five defense. They've played like a top five defense, that's for damn sure. But they sneaky coming back into the fold of Super Bowl contender after the last couple seasons, there was talk that Breeze might call it after a year. Sean Payton really didn't have the support from ownership and the fan base that he had in the years, you know, previous, the year or two previous, and then, of course, winning the Super Bowl. So... You felt like they had to have a breakout type of season for that that collection, uh, you know, that team roster to stay together. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm taking a sip. Mm. I'm still looking for that energy drink sponsor. Anyway, they just have that. They love to play the game. They look like a, a high school team. They look like almost like a pop warner team of kids that just are enthusiastic to have the privilege to play just happy to be out there type of and i don't know if that comes from sean payton i don't know if it comes from the culture of new orleans and that you know everybody bonds together in in unity there's no divide you never hear of locker room issues drew Brees, like i said ageless wonder and Hey, they they're they're here. They're back, and they're going to be a big big contender uh, when it comes playoff time in into December into January. And we'll keep you all updated on the latest and greatest in sports sound sanity and style right here on the Rap Show Monday through Thursday, about four twenty or so. Once we get off and running till a little before six you can catch it live on my ig i'm adam rap that's rap with two p's at the rap himself or send me an email the rap show at gmail.com like to hear what you think who your contenders are you can jump on and holler at us on the ig but yeah we're excited to be here and i'm excited to be back just doing this four days a week and first time i've i've really had to roll solo dolo all my guys are busy working hard in the afternoons, but I wanted to get that drive time, get that information out for you guys and have a good time doing it. So speaking of having a good time, the Falcons are not having a good time in the NFC South, just to finish up in the NFC. Uh, we mentioned Tampa Bay. They're three and six. They tried to go back to Jameis, and I think we all knew how that would turn out or play out in the end and they went back to Fitzmagic who is he's just crazy with what he does with what he's got from when he was here at the Texans to the Jets to uh, you know now doing it in Tampa 
I mean, he's putting 400-yard games up like it's nothing. Matt Flynn times 10 is Ryan Fitzpatrick. But they're just, they're a mess. They make boneheaded decisions. And I'm talking to the coaching staff there in Tampa Bay. Uh, they, they have no real direction now that Jameis Winston looks like it's not going to work out for them as, as their leader, their natural leader. So at least they can compete. That's the one thing. When Ryan Fitzpatrick's out there, he is going to compete. He's a prideful guy. He's a smart guy. So it, it, it's still fun to watch you know, some of these games, even even if these teams are out of it and they're eliminated. But the Atlanta Falcons, mm, 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 mm. I don't think they ever recovered from that comeback, that Tom Brady comeback in the Super Bowl. I think uh, that gif of Arthur Blank, their owner, dancing on the sideline, should be played over and over every time they lose a game. And losing a game to Cleveland... Now, we'll talk about Cleveland when we come back after this break in a minute. But Cleveland, all of a sudden, looks like the Cleveland that we thought they might be in the beginning of the season. But they are no way supposed to beat the Atlanta Falcons, who people like to put in the conversation each and every year. They try to give them that. You know, that that clout, I guess you want to call it, or or that respect because of Matt Ryan, because of Julio Jones, because of, yeah, they have a new coaching staff. Mike Smith was really just dead man walking uh, his last couple seasons. But then there was no, they were no better in the Super Bowl when they gagged it away to New England, Tom Brady, for him to get the record setting number five. So they're four and five right now. They would have to jump over the Carolina Panthers, who sit at six and three. Now the Panthers got shellacked by Pittsburgh, who I'm really excited to see where they end up because they could be the front runner in the AFC to challenge KC as it stands right now. As you know, and New England could be fading. This could be this could be the beginning of the end of the Patriots. Did I just say that? Because you don't count Brady out each and every year. I mean, you're, you're ridiculous if you count Brady out. But, man, 41, mm, it ain't 31. I can tell you that. You, you can be sharp as a tack and still think you got it. But, ooh, the recovery time, the rigorous grind, the mental grind, all of that starts to take its toll just in life in general, no matter what you do for a living. So I'm curious to see if Brady can rise to the occasion and get New England back there for a record-setting 10th time. It'd be insane if Brady goes to 10 Super Bowls. <sighs> well, Carolina, good luck, because I don't think they have a shot to beat the Saints or the Rams. And Cam's had a good season. Christian McCaffrey's had a really good season. I know for fantasy owners, he's been a pleasant surprise after people were kind of frustrated with his performance last year, being so hyped. But, mm, 52. I mean, you got beat by almost 40 points against a Pittsburgh team who at the beginning of the season, people said no way with Le'Veon Bell not coming back, and it doesn't look like he's going to come back ever. But they've got... They're good. <laughs> they got their man Terminator back there, Mr. Connor, James Connor. So, if that's any indication how far above and beyond the AFC is just in the matchup last Thursday night, 
then Pittsburgh's got to be the front runner because I think a lot of people thought Charlotte or Carolina was coming on, and they were they were going to make some noise, even with the Saints playing so well. But we'll have to see how they bounce back. That's always the the game you want to look at, especially in the NFC South. This is the bounce back division. Every year, the team that finishes in last, you can almost bet it, guarantee it that they're going to finish in first the next year and vice versa. So we'll, you know, Atlanta's hovering because Atlanta's mediocre to say the best, to <laughs> say it best. Uh, just say who's best. I think it's a race, like I said, between LA and New Orleans. And I want you guys to tell me who you think. You think defense is going to win the day and Chicago Bears could surprise some people and end up in the Super Bowl. I mean, they ended up in the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman a few years ago. So that'll tell you all you need to know about a team playing hot and getting decent play out of the quarterback and not turning the ball over. Anybody can make a run. But I think right now the for, the, the forefront has New Orleans and L.A. in it. And if you want to know my thoughts on the AFC, you're going to have to stick around because we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to check in with some folks. And then when we come back, we'll talk AFC and we'll still talk Rockets and NBA full court wrap before we get out of here. I promise you that. But we are live from the media block right here in Houston, Texas. This is the Rap Show. Stick around. Ja, ja. Yes, wanted to come back with that Spider-Man theme for all my comic book fans, all our good friends out there who heard the news today that Stan Lee, Marvel Comics legend, you know, really a lot of people's influence in their lifetime as far as artistic inspiration goes and really just living in fantasy through comics and of course it's become a billion dollar franchise and empire as far as the marvel motion pictures go and i know comic book fans dc marvel across the aisle 
and across the world are all mourning the death of Stan Lee. So shout out to Almighty Dollar for reminding me to send our condolences out to the Lee family. And, you know, there were some things that were said about Stan Lee over the last year with all of the attention to the Me Too movement and Time's Up. And on that very note, I got to send a big shout out to SNL, Saturday Night Live. They're back. And I was born the weekend Saturday Night Live debuted in 1975. And I've been a huge fan, good and bad, talented. And what the hell are they doing over the years, over the last 40 plus years? But Saturday Night Show was beginning to end really, really good. I wanted to say the uh, permission video with future Lil Wayne and Keenan and uh, the new guy on SNL. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. That was classic. The apology from Pete Davidson, who I have my own issues with, you know, using your mental health as a crutch and using it as a, an excuse to get away with being a comedian, I think is a slippery slope and a fine line to walk, but he manned up and apologized to Lieutenant Dan, the patchy-eyed pirate of a congressman here in Texas, and he actually made an appearance and was really good and made some really, really good points about being a, you know, a country and never forgetting that we do have some freedoms in this country that a lot of people around the world do not have and our military happy veterans day to all those who served never forget uh, we just we take it take it for granted we take advantage of what these people do what they sacrifice and when it becomes a punchline of a joke it it has repercussions you know these these people are dealing with some intense post traumatic issues with you know having to go and fight wars that whether they believed needed to be fought or not there's intense stress that comes with serving and i think that's why veterans day more than ever should be celebrated more so and just tipping our cap to those people so overall saturday night live was great they had some some really good up-to-date you know social conscious comedy and it, it's exciting to see them putting that out with the digital shorts as well as far and, and as far as the live comedy goes weekend update i think is the best it's been since polar and Faye. it's it, it's it's really good to see it back now it's good to be back here back at the media block of course where you catch us monday through thursday about 4 20 whenever i can get the show up and running till 6 p.m. right here in Houston, Texas. That's Central Standard Time. Shout out to everybody checking in on the IG. I'm your host, Adam Rapp. You can follow me on IG or follow us on Twitter at The Rap Show or my IG is at The Rap himself. Want to make sure I get this content out to the most people as possible. And over the years, I've been able to build almost 5,000 followers there. We appreciate everybody who follows and checks in and tunes in. It means a lot to us because I work my ass off to prepare and to present this show. So we want you guys to share, subscribe, submit. You can email me, therapshow at gmail.com if you want to get your comments in or jump, in, jump on the live stream and I'll see your comments right here in front of my face. Or you can hit me in the DM, however you want to get it to me. If you like the show, if you want to hear something that we're not 
touching on or hitting on, then please, please send us all your ideas and your content. And we'll try to get it on if you're an aspiring artist, if you're a producer and you got beats and you want to get those on, as you can hear, it is a sports talk show, but it is sports, sound, sanity, and style to a beat right here where we stay elite at the media block, 6023 South Loop East. Come by, make your dreams a virtual reality with Houston's best production center right here in the physical, in the brick and mortar form where I broadcast each and every Monday through Thursday. So we talked NFC, right? Really doesn't pertain to us here in Houston. And as I mentioned, the Texans will not and did not lose this week. So it's exciting that they're sitting in first place and they had an opportunity to watch the other teams in the AFC and prepare for the home stretch as really all teams in the NFL, especially the division leaders and the wild card front runners are all starting to position themselves, make sure guys are healthy and the Texans so far, knock on wood, because you guys know that one domino falls with this team and it'd be like a house of cards. Everything's falling down, whether it's on the defensive side or whether it's the quarterback, whether it's, you know, key guys in the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. It's a it's a all hands on deck type of six game winning streak. I think you've seen Bill O'Brien start to quiet some of the critics here in Houston and abroad. I hear a lot of national guys who really don't see Bill O'Brien and the way he embraces the this team, but he's also that stern leader who will not show you emotion on most good days and bad days. He's he's pretty even keel. I think he's probably not the best X's and O's guy that's in the NFL, but he's one of those guys I think gets his guys up and gets his guys ready to play each and every Sunday. And it's it's all about, yes, him at the top there on the sidelines calling the plays, but I think it's, it's up, really up to him to make sure to protect number four, Deshaun Watson. Yes, because guess what? He wins ball games. Not only does college coach cry to the, the world that this kid has the type of talent that could elevate him to Michael Jordan status in the NFL uh, if, he, if he stays on his feet and he stays healthy, but the maturity that Deshaun brought, the energy that Deshaun brought to this city after years and years and years of disappointment from the quarterback position, the disappointment and the money spent on the quarterback position, the disappointment and the results of mediocrity, to say the best, in the quarterback position. And so last year when Deshaun went down, when Deshaun got hurt, it was it was hard. It was it was hard to all of a sudden say, "Oh gosh, that that's what sets us apart." A quarterback? Well, yes, it's the freaking NFL, people. You've got to have a quarterback, and you've got to have an offensive line that can protect that quarterback because it's an asset. And I think more so than anything, the Houston Texans' offensive line should get a standing ovation. I mean, they they absolutely have played well over the collection of talent you would see on paper well above expectations the last couple weeks 
when people knew that that was going to be scary coming into the season which with Deshaun coming off of surgery and they've they've done the job they've they've allowed Lamar Miller to start to find a groove they've allowed Deshaun to have time to throw and all things good right now six and three now you've got a couple teams that I think are are playing even above the Texans' expectations in the AFC South, and one that is rapidly crashing back down to earth after getting a taste of what it's like for a perennial loser franchise and perennial laughingstock franchise like the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, last year, they were a contender. They were a serious, serious threat to knock off New England. And they didn't get it done. I think Blake Bortles in the end wasn't wasn't good enough. I mean, he was decent. He didn't really lose the game for them, but he wasn't good enough to beat Brady and the Pats. He wasn't good enough to beat Pittsburgh. He wasn't good enough to beat any of the perennial AFC champions. But there's a couple of new guys on the block, too, that may be a threat this year. As Jacksonville sits at three and six. And it's great for Texans fans because that was going to be the only other team really that anybody picked out of this division as Tennessee couldn't get their act together. They couldn't get a quarterback to stay healthy behind, you know, what they thought they had improved on the offensive line and improved on the coaching staff and got rid of uh, Mike Munchak, who, you know, all world offensive lineman himself. And now that the Tennessee Titans are five and four, they're definitely jumping over the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, bus. You know, everybody that's jumping on their bandwagon. Tennessee has jumped right over that. And they beat the Patriots handily yesterday. They put it on them 34 to 10. Their defense made Brady look like he was washed already, he was done. They couldn't get James White going. Now, luckily, I had Nick Chubb on my fantasy team as my other running back, and he picked up the slack there in Cleveland, which we'll get to in a minute. But Tennessee, be careful, because if Mariota continues to grow in confidence and they continue to keep him upright and keep him healthy, it's going to be a lot like the Texans, where they could surprise some people, including the Texans themselves. Now, another team that... People thought this is just going to be a welcome back year for Andrew Luck, their quarterback, the Indianapolis Colts. They're five and four. They're right behind Tennessee. They still have a game against the Texans. They took the Texans to overtime early in the season, and it was bad play calling. Now it was confident play calling because I think the effects of that have shown ever since the, the confidence in Andrew Luck in going for it in overtime and and falling just short. But it was a risk that, that they took early, and it's paying off as they sit four and five right now, just two games behind the Texans and one to play against them. Texans also have still have to play Tennessee on Monday night. That's coming up uh, next Monday. Big shout-out to my man, Big Munch. He said he's going to be posted up at the game. He's a Tennessee Titan fan. He's a holdover from the old Oilers days when the Oilers left to run off into the night to Rocky Top and became the Titans. By the way, why is 
The number one selling truck in Texas called a Titan. Things that make you say, hmm. Yeah, Nissan Titan, if you want to send me one, I'll drive it, believe me. Or a Dodge Charger, because I'm a Chargers fan. So speaking of the Chargers, let's go out to the AFC West, where my pick for the Super Bowl is gliding along at 9-1. and one. Yes, I also have Pat Mahomes as my quarterback. So I'm not just saying I'm biased. I'm screaming it. Yes, Kansas City Chiefs, the only thing that, that really is the knock on them is not what they do during the regular season as Pat Mahomes continues to break records for the franchise and in the NFL and making the game look so easy. It, it's insane. I haven't seen a player that is so risk-taking, but the rewards are so great when it comes to making throws and, and getting away from pressure and getting away from the sack. Uh, and that's why I think his idol, I, I want to say I saw an interview with Pat Mahomes, and he said his idol was Brett Favre. But he's got that Farvian. I hate the word gunslinger, but it, he's got that, that, that old mentality, like I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this throw down the field, to get this first down, to get the offense charged up and ready to go. And there's been some exciting quarterback play, but not in dominant form, uh, especially from somebody that's this young. And Andy Reid, the only knock on them is it, who's the head coach of, of the Kansas City Chiefs, if you're living under a rock. The only knock on them is when they get to the playoffs, he, in the past and historically, has not... He's had incredibly talented teams, including Donovan McNabb and T.O. in that Super Bowl, and has not gotten the deal done, has not closed the deal, has not won a Super Bowl. And I think that's the only fear that people have for this Kansas City Chiefs team is does he tighten up, does Andy Reid tighten up, and thus you know, really making his team tight in playoff games because that's the natural, that's the natural effect. That's, that's the energy that the coaches – supposed to to balance to regulate and it just seems like Andy Reid teams they make such dumb decisions in the playoffs historically that his teams really I, I think don't reflect the, what they do during the regular season well KC it's going to be hard for them even Pat Mahomes on his worst day is better than a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL so the Chargers who are 7 and 2 and continue to be a San Diego team, in my heart, in my mind, I lived there during the height of the LaDainian Tomlinson years. I lived in San Diego and loved watching that team play, loved watching you know, that stadium and when the Raiders would come in town or the Broncos would come in town or they would play on the road. Just the fierce intensity of the rivalries, of course, being outdoor watching football, growing up in the Astrodome, having to watch the... Uh, the Houston Oilers in basically an AC box or bubble. It was it was cool being able to experience the outdoor football of Sundays uh, when I lived out in San Diego, of course. And the weather's perfect even through December. You can have sunny days all the way through the playoffs. But sunny days have not been on the Chargers record you know they've had more rainy days than sunny days when it comes to winning championships and notoriously got destroyed against san francisco and steve young in the the only super bowl that junior Seau 
rest in peace, appeared in and were supposed to go to the Super Bowl a couple of times, but ran into the Manning and Brady buzzsaws along the way or injury kept them out of opportunities when LT got hurt in the second half of the AFC championship game. It, 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 it's just always something that holds the Chargers back from the talent that they possess or the, the way they play during the regular season. Now, I know the playoffs are a whole nother ball game. Only the best of the best end up there, and it, it's you know one and done. But the Chargers, they've had some talented teams over the years where they should have breezed into the Super Bowl. Ah, you see how I did that? Drew Brees used to play in San Diego before they shipped him off thinking he was done. Well, Philip Rivers hasn't been such a bad substitute as he continues to put up Hall of Fame career stats year in, year out, consecutive game streak. You know, once Eli Manning didn't start that game last year, Philip Rivers jumped into the top spot as far as consecutive games started or played. I want to say he he hasn't started every single game, but he uh, in the streak, but he's played. And what can I say? I mean, the Chargers are going to have to beat the Chiefs head to head. They're going to have to win that division outright. They're going to have to not have a letdown in the first round of the playoffs. If well, if they win the division, it, they're probably going to have to end up with two, maybe three losses at most. So 13 and 3, 14 and 2, maybe, maybe 12 and 4 gets you in into the one of the top spots where you, you, you have a bye or at least you have a home game. But they're gonna need that. And and not that they have a huge home field advantage in LA yet. They just moved there. This is their first season there. And the Rams are having the season they're having at nine and one. It's it, you know, they're they're always going to be second fiddle, similar to the Clippers versus the Lakers. Did I say Clippers and Lakers? Yes, we will talk some NBA before we get out of here. I promise <laughs> might be a, a quick hello goodbye to a certain NBA superstar that joined the Rockets and was supposed to put them over the hump? Question mark? Yeah, I never saw it working even, even just to survive in the regular season in the Western Conference. So we'll talk about that and what the Rockets can hope for. No, unless Daryl Morey has something up his sleeve, but he always had. Doesn't he always have something up his sleeve? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's just playing magic on us for ten years, pretending that we are going to get some type of of championship lineage back here to Houston when it comes to the NBA. We'll talk about that before we get out of here. I want to continue on in the AFC. So watch out for the Titans and the Colts coming on strong, and. As far as the rest of the AFC West goes, I mean, Oakland, yeah, they're not even going to be in Oakland in two years. People who are calling for Gruden's job and people are saying, oh, he's trading away all of our our pro bowlers. Oh, this, that. Well, guess what? Sometimes, if you remember, I'll give you a perfect example. Right here in Houston, what what did the Astros do? Well, they had to dismantle. They had to get rid of all the big contracts, all the old Houston legends that were hanging on, you know, for Hall of Fame type numbers. Bagwell and Biggio, love you to death. But they really handcuffed the Astros in the last few few seasons of, of their careers. And then you had to strip it all the way down. You had to lose to win. And you had to start stacking draft picks. You had to start really looking towards the future. And I think with a 10-year contract, 
you'd be ridiculous to not even let the process work its its way into Vegas. I mean, you've got to get there and you've got to let that fan base adopt the team. You've got to continue to stack draft picks. You've got to probably start over at quarterback. You've got to you really do have to strip this thing down. And so Oakland one and eight, good luck not having your your fan base's heads explode before you leave them in Oakland. But Denver Broncos, you have no direction either. Case Keenum, hey, shout out to you. You're a Houston Cougar. Of course, we love, we support you. But, you know, Case is a backup quarterback. He he did great in Minnesota. Their defense was really, really good, by the way. Really good. And he didn't make a lot of mistakes. He had one of the probably one of the best seasons he he will and could ever have in the NFL. And it all kind of came together. And look, they still didn't make it to the Super Bowl. And they would have been the first Super Bowl to play in their home stadium, if you didn't know that already. The home team, the host city, has never played in the Super Bowl as the home team. And we're into, what, 52? The odds are that it's going to happen in our lifetime. I saw the Triple Crown of Baseball. I didn't think I'd ever see that again. And it's funny how next-gen stats and analytics have almost done away with those iconic milestones that we used to think counted, like home runs, like like batting average, like, you know, the triple crown. So anyway, I think it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a two-team race in the West. Chargers, Chiefs, Chiefs win that. And like I said, I picked the Chiefs to play L.A., to play the Rams. Now the Rams better get it together on defense if, if that pick's going to hold true, but... I think those two teams would put on quite a light show. Now in the AFC North, Pittsburgh is going to have to say, going to have something to say about it. They dismantled, destroyed, obliterated, whatever you want to say, a team that was on the rise in the NFC in the Carolina Panthers, who's who've been playing well, mostly on offense, whereas their defense have been their strong suit the last couple of years with Cam concussed or in his feelings or behind some crazy outfit. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are for real. They're been, you know, big Ben has he's, he's teased retirement, I guess, or he's hinted at retirement in the last couple off seasons. Cause he's, he's been a warrior. He's been amazing for his career, not off the field people on the field. He he's you know, big bruising back and for him to still be playing at this level in that division where you got to play Baltimore and Cincinnati and even Cleveland where you're playing smash mouth, hit them up black and blue football, big Ben every year. You just, you, you, how does he do it? How do they do it? Well, I'll tell you how they do it. They continue to put weapons in the huddle. They, have a, a, a way of life. They have a motto they stick to in, in Pittsburgh. And, you know, they're open to everybody. And, you know, all they see is what you're doing on the field and what you're doing in the in the stat sheets, what you're doing as a representative of the Steelers off the field. That, that's huge to the Rooney family. And you could be an all-world back and think that this team is not paying you what you're worth and sit out the season and think that it's going to affect the franchise as one of their their cornerstones or one of their keystone players 
And then they put another back in there named James Conner, and he's putting up, if not comparable, but even more advanced and and really deep dive uh, performances. He's putting more in than Le'Veon Bell. And I think Le'Veon Bell is going to regret this year of, you know, really trying to get his, get mine, get that money. And he's going to, to look back on not being able to just, hey, come in, finish out this season, really help Pittsburgh in the playoff run and see what happens and see if you can you get that deal. Now he's going to, if he doesn't report by tomorrow, I believe he cannot report this season. It'll be a lost season. And because he did have tenure, he will be able to become a free agent, but he might not get that deal, especially with teams looking at the way he handled this and the way that he sold his team out. You know, they, they would rather go find a James Conner in the draft. They would rather go find somebody to replace him then put up with that and then pay him all that money because uh, you know if, if a player does it once they'll do it again and i think the the pittsburgh steelers have learned that in the past they you know they're a original franchise in the nfl i'm sure they've been through each and every type of contract negotiation you can imagine so i'm gonna have to keep an eye on on that you know and 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 really where the future of this franchise goes because Antonio Brown, as awesome as he is, once again, he's on my fantasy team, Texas two-stepping. Yes, he's an all-world talent, but he's not getting younger. We've seen receivers fall off the map from one season to the next. Look at Des Bryant trying to make a comeback with the Saints. You know, I give him all the props in the world. You know, Get out there and do what you love to do, get paid. But if you're not ready and you're not in shape, in two days of practice and, and trying to get ready, then you weren't really going to be ready for the season anyway, uh, or the rest of the season, the, the partial season. So it, it's it's tough. And, and Pittsburgh, they've got Juju Smith-Schuster. And like I mentioned, Connor, they've got a great young tight end. So who knows how long Ben could play now. If he sees that this is going to continue and this success is going to continue and they've got a good offensive line that's not going to get him killed back there, which I think is his biggest fear. Um, Pittsburgh is, is going to be here. And, and the teams in that division, Cincinnati, each and every year it seems like when they have their opportunity to slip in there with Pittsburgh or beat Pittsburgh on a you know maybe every other season type of, of occasion recently and in, in more recent memory, well, then you got to deal with the Baltimore Ravens. And that's no easy task either with a team that's been led by T. Suggs, Terrell Suggs, it seems like 20 years. But they're, they're, they're no slouch. And I think from what I understand, they're going to give Lamar Jackson the start next week. Baltimore is uh, their rookie quarterback. So you will have seen a lot of rookie quarterbacks not only get an opportunity to play, but become the starter this season, including the last team in this division, Cleveland Browns, who at 3-6, three 3-6 and six, three and six is a – Super Bowl winning season for this team. I think they won one game in the previous two seasons combined. One game. Yeah, and they fired Hugh Jackson. They fired Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator. And now Greg Bounty Hunter Williams is running that team. And I think you're literally seeing, like I said last Thursday when we had my man Blake Pararisi, our fantasy land expert, on, he was saying – you know, this, this, look at the game plan. Look at 
how the guy, the script, the game script. And Greg Williams is a defensive-minded coach, so what do you think he's going to do? He's going to run the ball down their throat and play defense. And that's exactly what they did with Nick Chubb, who put up 35 fantasy points, 176 yards rushing, I believe two touchdowns total, and, and a couple catches for uh, over 50 yards. So he had an all-world fantasy type of game, and it was kind of to be expected. But that's what the Cleveland Browns are going to do. They're going to compete. they got Baker Mayfield as a quarterback. They've got you know Jarvis Landry, who's a good young receiver. They've got a good tight end, Joku. They just need the experience, and they need to play some games like this. They need to win and beat Atlanta. They need to feel that as much as they need to feel the losses. And, and they felt a lot of losses up there in Cleveland, believe me. That's their basketball team this year. So, really, Pittsburgh this year is the cream of the crop. 6-2-1 and one at the top of that division. And then you go over here to the ageless wonder in the east, the New England Patriots. Now, he didn't look so ageless yesterday as Tennessee kind of got their act together. They Mariota looked like the quarterback that they took number one overall. And Derrick Henry had a big, big day fantasy-wise and on the field. Uh, and they put it to New England. And New England's 7-3, and, and they had rattled off some wins, but it wasn't they weren't beating you know the top of each division on their way to that winning streak and i think tennessee was primed and ready to show the world that they want to compete in the afc as well and they people have been waiting for them to come around now for three four years they had to you know basically fire their coaching staff after the first couple because they would have gotten too too behind the curve as the texans continued to improve and even with andrew luck coming back that team improved so New England is, of course, going to win the AFC East when you have Miami, Buffalo, and the Jets, who, if it wasn't for Miami, all these teams, aside from New England, would be under 500, well under 500. I just don't know if this is that type of year for the Patriots. Normally, you can feel it. Normally, you can feel, okay, Brady's getting better. People are starting to count him out midseason. He starts going all-world Brady on everybody. But this year, it seems like they started off slow, and then, yeah, they beat a couple of 500 teams, got their mojo a little bit. But the way that they lost to Tennessee, the, the slowness of Brady, some of the turnovers, them running the, the Brady slant or the Brady out with Brady lining up as a wide receiver – it seems like they're they're really just trying to hold on to win the AFC East and get a shot in the playoffs because that's a whole other ballgame, and it's about how you handle yourself, how the coaches handle their teams in preparation, in pace, in anxiety, in, in excitement, in social life. And New England does it like a machine. I mean, they do it in their sleep year after year after year after year. So I think you're just going to see – Really, hold on, guys. This this is going to be one of our last rides, and and they're going to win the division. So they'll be in the playoffs, but it's going to be interesting when they have to beat teams like the Chiefs, the Steelers. I mean, the Texans even played them pretty well. It, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if it's it, it's all dependent on whether or not Brady is if he's going to. If he's going to continue to degress instead of progress, 
they're done. They're, they they can't win. They, they don't have that many weapons, and they definitely don't have a defense like they did in some of their you know, previous Super Bowl wins. So it's going to be interesting to see how Belichick adjusts, how this team overall adjusts, and really see if Brady is fading. It, it, the age is starting to show. You know, Maybe some of the organic supplements and avocado smoothies just aren't working like they used to. We'll, we'll have to keep our eye on that because it could open a huge door for not only the Houston Texans, but this Chiefs and Steelers game that I think is going to be mm, awesome if it happens. And then that team will go on to play in the Super Bowl. If it's if it's my call, I think it's the Chiefs, like I said preseason. Well, if it's my call, I would ask you guys to stick around. All right? I'm just saying. Stick around because we're going to talk some NBA basketball. i got to update you on the melodrama. How many times have I used that term over the years with Carmelo Anthony? And not just Rockets news, any team he played for. So we'll update you on that. Jimmy Butler is not a Minnesota Timberwolf anymore. I think that's probably a good thing for their young, talented nucleus. And he's back in the East. So we are going to kick it right here from the media block in the southeast of Houston, Texas. So you got to stick around. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rap Show. One more segment to go. What up, Cure? That is one of the most dedicated viewers slash listeners and one of the sickest artists coming up right here in Texas. Make sure you check him out. I am Cure. He's got some dope flash. And his tattoo skills are getting better. So if you need to get that ink, holla at him. Also, my man Cabos for all you tattoo are you art collectors, your skin art collectors out there? Those are two of the best, and they're friends of ours right here at the Rap Show. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We got a great week for y'all coming up. Tomorrow is Shoes Day, so it's all the latest news and sneaker drops. Of course, we will update you on what's coming up, and holiday season will be here before you know it. Of course, that is a huge time, especially with the NBA back in full swing. That is a huge time for the latest drops and now in the nba you have no restrictions on on color codes or anything that in the past would be banned or would be uh, you would be fined for wearing now you can really express yourself through your sneakers and we express that right here on the rap show and then later in the week of course we got the lowdown coming up with kelso big shout out to kelso bringing all the latest in music news. She's going to do some health tips, some recipes. She's also going to talk about all the events that you guys need to check out over the holidays. Houston is chock full of things to do when your family and your relatives and your friends get together and turn up as we get closer and closer to 2019. It's hard to believe 2020 will be here before you know it. 
And we got to keep that momentum. Definitely keep that momentum. Keep that same energy. Keep making these politicians feel uncomfortable when they get a little too comfortable in their chairs. Similar to the NBA. You don't want to get too comfortable just because you've had a decent career in the NBA and just because your stat line says so doesn't mean that it's going to translate into performance and production as the Rockets are finding out real quick and weird situation. To me, it just it seemed uncomfortable. It seemed really strange the way it was going to end, but it was something that really never should have happened in the first place, and that is bringing Carmelo Anthony in to join Chris Paul and James Harden as a veteran you see my unsurety there like I, I i get it i understand what you were trying to do but man the way that it leaked out on social media chris paul had to step up and defend mellow and now that's going to make him feel awkward or squared off with the franchise i, I mean that's just a natural thing when you step up and you got to holler and stand up for your boy being a million-dollar professional athlete who can't stand up and speak for himself, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause some things you might not see on the court, you might not hear about, but believe me, will exist in the chemistry and the energy of this team. So it continues to be a mystery what the hell Daryl Morey's doing, what the hell his plan is. You, you can't just stack rosters with talent. I mean, the Lakers showed that when they brought in Malone and Peyton with a bad post-championship mix and, you know, guys that just want to ride for the ring. In today's NBA, you know, there is a specific, specific energy, chemistry. Now, obviously, Golden State has taken that to a whole nother level as far as putting talent together and, and what you can do with that talent. Although, you know, teams like Milwaukee, at any point, the Bucks with Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, can rise up and, and they can put it on you too, Golden State. It's the NBA. I mean, everybody's a pro in this league. And I just want to go back to being a pro when you're handling this stuff. If it's not working out, hey, salute. Appreciate it. Annie up. And we'll see you down the line. But this weird way of handling it for the Rockets and, and what they're going to do next is it's definitely not looking up for the franchise here in H-Town. Well, we are live on the Rap Show each and every Monday through Thursday. We will uh, definitely get into more NFL talk as we go on in the week, help you get your rosters set and bring some special guests on the line. So make sure that you tune in each and every day to see what's new right here on The Rap Show. Speaking of new, we've got a new dynamic as Jimmy Butler finally gets his wish and he bitches his way out of, what up, Mike Meigs? Shout out. That's a name. That's a blast from the past. That's a name I hadn't seen in a minute. Nice to have you tuned in, sir. Appreciate it. So Jimmy Butler basically whines and cries his way out of Minneapolis, demanding a trade, calling out their young core of talent, Really not handling it, handling it like most players we've seen handle their professional careers in the NBA as of late. A lot of the young guys, a lot of the young guys, I think took a cue from LeBron James and Kobe number 24, post-Colorado Kobe, where the game was getting back to the, I guess, the roots, you know, I guess the 
social activism has helped being allowed to speak your voice it's you know it, it, it makes these guys seem a little more real you know and, and they seem to have their shit together and you didn't have a lot of the getting caught in the airport you know jailblazers stories of the 90s or you know guys being told to pull their pants up and a dress code actually having to be implemented in the nba uh, because these guys you know were looking a little too unprofessional if if that's the word that you want to use but these taking your your investment taking your money and investing it and building tech firms or building social media firms or building entertainment firms those are all things that you've seen you know this whole generation of player invest their money in instead of cars and houses and gold and the things that, you know the frivolous things that didn't get you anywhere after your basketball playing career but jimmy butler he seems to be the entitled late 90s you know pay me type of athlete and it was just kind of surprising to see the rockets jump in the mix i'm mean, not surprising but very you know head scratching to think you'd give up four number one draft picks over the next four years now i know you had to go all in if you're the rockets but to give up that much for a guy that's going to come in and at any point could be a malcontent like you are already starting to see bubble up in the locker room and imagine if he and chris paul didn't have the chemistry or if he and james harden started arguing about touches or you know somebody throws a fit it could go south and not just of the playoff record i'm, I'm talking or the playoff standings i'm talking about for the franchise in general you, you might have to end up blowing it all up in the end and you know you guys know how i feel about harden never thought he was a natural leader never thought they should have thrust him into the position for the rockets of being a natural leader and i think jimmy butler thinks that he is a leader i think he's He's the opposite of Harden. I think he thinks he's so much of a leader that he can come out and talk shit to uh, uh, their, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, their their young talent, um, uh, Andrew Wiggins, who was famously traded for uh, traded away from Cleveland when LeBron got there after being the number one overall pick during the time he was in Miami and. They're trying to build something there. Uh, Coach Thibodeau, who came from Chicago, had had Jimmy Butler there in Chicago. He's now the head coach, and uh, he's a defensive guy. He's a no-nonsense guy, and and Jimmy Butler's a good defensive player, and he's a very, very talented offensive player, but he's a piss-poor pro the way he handled this to get himself out of a situation that wasn't even wasn't even like he wasn't getting touches or he wasn't going to be the focal point of the offense, especially with Tibbs there. It was because he didn't like the vibes he was getting from the young players who didn't like the vibe they were getting from the so-called vet. So it was just, it wasn't a match that was going to work, but he finally got traded and now he's back in the East and it'll be interesting to see because now he's with the same exact formula in the East that he was in the West. And that is two young players, one big guy, one point guard, and he'll have to be the swing man. He'll have to be the, the shooting guard, the scorer. He better get along with Embiid and, and Ben Simmons in Philly. I, your your guess is as good as mine. I, I, I my hands are in the air because I don't know. I don't. Embiid is very headstrong. Embiid is very confident in in being the center and not in position. I'm talking about the center of focus there in Philadelphia. And Ben Simmons is the kind of guy that's fine with 
being quiet, being a leader, just being a floor general and not really popping off on social media or getting a thousand laughs, crying emojis on Instagram. That's not really a Simmons style. He, he just wants to be out there doing, doing his thing on the basketball court. So Butler's going to have to come in and really fit to their chemistry because they are the central parts of the process, which has been this rebuilding phase in Philadelphia to bring that franchise back from the dead uh, as a historic NBA franchise. So we'll keep an eye on it. I'm just glad that he didn't appear. Can you imagine if he would have ended up here? Then we would have had that mellow drama. Then we would have. It, it just would have been ridiculous. Uh, well, they calling me. They tell me it's time to go. So we will talk more NBA, I promise you, later in the week. I just wanted to update you on some of the, the news and notes. And LeBron's heating up. LeBron is heating up. So look for the Lakers to be there in the end. And once again, everybody that counted out LeBron... <laughs> Well, he's got something to say about it, I promise you. And it's not with his mouth, and it's not with his one of his shows, one of his many cable shows. It's going to be on the court, and it's going to be slowly but surely rebuilding that Lakers franchise, bringing in Tyson Chandler, probably bring in Kawhi Leonard, probably bring in one more solid vet, maybe a six-man, maybe somebody, you know, that they'll give you that locker room presence. <laughs> but... While all these other teams are, are internally combusting, LeBron James is going to build something out there in L.A. And he's not just going to be riding off into the sunset wearing a Lakers jersey. I think he's going to, to really make this team legit again in the Western Conference. So the Rockets, they better get their act together real quick. And you guys, you guys don't need to get your act together because you're doing the right thing in life by tuning into the rap show each and every week right here live from the media block where virtual is reality and they'll bring it to life right here hit them up booking at the and follow them at the media block it's easy google them whatever you need to do to search them get them and get over here and check them out and all the great work they can do they're taking interns right now if you wanted to intern in the business if you need it for school credit or just just life credit come by and talk to q and the twins right here at the media block and we'll be back tomorrow for shoes day i'm trying to get a special guest to call in but with all the fires in california and all the fires he's setting in the sneaker game these days it's gonna be hard to get him but he's definitely part of the show Diamond Supply Co. and DiamondSupplyCo.com been sponsoring us for almost a decade right here on The Rap Show. So hopefully we can get Nikki Diamonds to call in tomorrow and talk about the industry, you know, and, and 13 years since he put out that first diamond dunk, what life's been about for him sneaker-wise and the impact of this new dunk. Is Nike SB back? We're going to ask the question and much more. So stick around, subscribe, share, submit, and stay tuned right here to The Rap Show. Appreciate it. Talk to you all tomorrow. That's a wrap. Peace.